Well, I invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 16. As we continue to follow the ministry of Elijah, um, we get to one of my favorite things about following a character through a series, and that's getting to the lesser known or even somewhat unknown characters. Um, my personal love in reading through scripture is finding those unsung heroes, the ones who are right there along with everything happening, but they're not the, they're not the big names, like Jonathan, who is a friend to King David, like Barnabas or Silas, who were companions to the Apostle Paul on his missionary journeys. And today in 1 Kings, we get to Obadiah, who was a faithful follower of the Lord and yet kind of an unsung hero. There is a separate Obadiah, a different Obadiah, who wrote one of the minor prophets, uh, but this Obadiah just has this small cameo in 1 Kings 18, and he is a faithful follower of God, even in a time when there is wickedness in Israel. He serves right alongside of Ahab, almost as a dramatic foil to who Ahab is. And so today... We continue to follow Elijah as a whole, but today we focus on Obadiah and his role that he plays for his small part in Scripture. So as we read 1 Kings 18, verses 1 through 16 together, let's ask for God's Holy Spirit to be among us, to illumine the Word to us. Let's pray together. Speak, O Lord, for your servants listen. Lord, we give you thanks for your written word, that we may read it and come to know who you are and come to know who we are. Lord, we give you thanks for the moving of your Holy Spirit, that we may be mindful of the ways in which you challenge us, in which you ask us to be courageous, in which you push us to overcome our fears. Lord, may this be the working of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray now that in this moment you may illumine the text to us, that Scripture may be more than just words on a page, but that by your Holy Spirit it may be to us the very testimony of who you are and who you have revealed yourself to be. Illumine your word to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak, O Lord, for your servants listen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 1 Kings 18. Verses 1 through 16. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator, Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab had said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we will not have to kill any of our own animals. So they divided the land they were to cover. 
Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, Is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go and tell your master, Elijah is here. What have I done wrong, asked Obadiah, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here? I don't know where the Spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves. Fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Elijah said, As the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, And Ahab, went to meet Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Whom alone do you fear? Whom alone do you fear? Who or what are you most afraid of? I want to tell you a story, and one thing that I give as a disclaimer before I even share this, because this involves some bullying, is a reminder that I just have that I think bullying has become much more complicated um, and somewhat malicious in all kinds of new ways, even since when I was in high school. And that wasn't really all that long ago, but nonetheless. Whom alone do you fear? Is there a bully that scares you? I know if you would have asked one of my classmates, Andrew, who he was afraid of when he was a freshman at Kankakee Valley High School, he would have given you three names, Josh, Justin, and Nate. Andrew was afraid of Josh, Justin, and Nate because they were bullies. They picked on him continuously. As he would walk in the halls, he would be pushed from behind. He would have books flipped out of his hands. If he were in the bathroom, he would be shook while he was in the bathroom. He was afraid. His bullies tried to make his life hell. Andrew was afraid. And you might say right away, why didn't you, Stephen, or any of your classmates, go to your teachers or your principals? Well, you can to a certain extent, but if you know anything about dealing with bullies, if you get a bully in trouble by tattling on them, they'll just double down on who they're already picking on. They'll double down, they'll make it even worse, 
And they'll hide even better what they do so that there's no evidence, there's no circumstances that you can trace back to the bullies. And so Andrew, I remember, lived in fear of Justin, Josh, and Nate. What Andrew needed was Obadiah. Not necessarily someone to confront the bullies, but someone, some group that he could find solidarity and protection from and with. Now, I'll admit, for my own part, I found Andrew annoying. And there were some weird rumors about that kid. And so even for my own self, there was kind of a weird thing about having him around. And yet, I don't know if it was from pity or just in some way God moved, but Andrew kind of temporarily adopted my group of friends. Whom alone do you fear? Sometimes there's fear of reputation, of being associated with someone who's just a little bit strange. There's fear of your own reputation, of if the weird kid's with you, how does that reflect on you? There's fear in that too. But I guess given the fact that my friends and I were already nerds or geeks or whatever you want to call us, we didn't have much uh, ground to lose in the social ladder of high school. So Andrew, for his own part, was allowed to be with us. We had classes with him anyway, and I will admit, sometimes I would punch him on the shoulder when he was annoying me, but he would much rather be hit in the shoulder by me ever so gently than be tormented by Josh, Justin, and Nate in the hallways. And so it was that Andrew just kind of came alongside of our friend group. So when he walked in the halls, he was no longer alone. He was now with a group. When he went to lunch, he was no longer by himself. He was with a group. And he stayed with us. Until eventually he found a little bit more of himself, and he found his own friend group and moved on. But for that time, he had people that were with him simply to protect him from those whom he feared. Now, there's another story that some of you know about my confrontation with a particular bully. So we wonder, well, why didn't my friends and I just take on Josh, Justin, and Nate? Why didn't we get into a big fight? For one, I don't know if we would have won that fight, to be honest. And for two, I don't think that was the right way to go about it. Sometimes people need protection. Sometimes they just need to be not alone. And as long as Andrew was with our group, there was no confrontation necessary. Josh, Justin, and Nate lost interest in Andrew because he was no longer an easy target. They lost interest in bullying him. Some of the rumors about Andrew died down, and things moved on. And so did my friendship with Andrew. But for a time... For a time, there needed to be a group that would keep him safe. It is the role of Obadiah in the days of Ahab and his wife Jezebel to keep a hundred prophets safe. Now, we might fault Obadiah in the same way that we would fault someone in school for not standing up to bully. We think, why didn't you, why didn't you confront Ahab? Why didn't, you square, why didn't you, Obadiah, square off with Ahab and tell him, you are a wicked king, you are evil, you are worse than your father before you, you are leading Israel in terrible directions, you are an immoral king. If he would do that, 
what would happen to Obadiah? Ahab would kill him. And Ahab would not only kill him, but the hundred prophets that Obadiah hid would all die too. Count off a hundred people, even a hundred of us right here. That's a lot of people's lives. And I imagine Obadiah got pretty good at some cat and mouse type of games just to keep those hundred prophets safe. And to his credit, Obadiah kept a hundred people safe with food and water during a drought. And he's keeping a hundred people safe when Ahab is searching high and low for Elijah. And not only to be able to not have Elijah found, but that Obadiah hides a hundred prophets alongside of that and provides them with water during a drought. Obadiah is an unsung hero in Scripture. But it is the spirit of Obadiah as the word of the Lord moves in his life that keeps a hundred prophets alive. It's the spirit of Obadiah as moved by the word of the Lord that led people to hide Jews during the Holocaust. In times where maybe they couldn't stand up to the bullies and have the big conflict and confrontation because surely they would be killed, but instead to keep people alive. This is a Schindler's List kind of story. It's the spirit of Obadiah as the word of the Lord moved in the lives of those who participated in the Underground Railroad in taking escaped and escaping slaves and keeping them safe as they moved away. Obadiah is an unsung hero. And he does have some fear of Ahab present. But ultimately, he fears the Lord. Whom alone do you fear? Whom alone do you serve? It is the Lord, the Lord your God, who is living and active and who will move you, not only to protect those who are in danger, but also when the time calls to stand up to your bullies as well. Obadiah is an unsung hero, keeping his part that he did stay faithful to the Lord, even serving alongside of a wicked king. Obadiah stayed right where he was. He put down roots in that palace, and he did all of the good that he could do from where he was. And once again, we might be tempted to judge him and fault him and say, why didn't he stand up to Ahab? A hundred prophets and Obadiah would be dead if he had. But instead, he stayed where he was. He did all the good that he could do with the power available to him. I sometimes think we need more of that in our lives. That spirit of Obadiah that doesn't say, we're going to leave as soon as we're dissatisfied. As soon as something happens that we don't like, we're gone. We're going to move on. As soon as a decision is made that we disagree with, we're going to shout and get in people's faces about it. What about that spirit of Obadiah that says, I'm going to stay here Not to spite anyone, but I'm going to stay where I am and serve the Lord as faithfully as I can, right here, right now, with all that I am and all that I have. That's the spirit of Obadiah. Obadiah is worth taking a lesson from for us in today's day of moving on when we're dissatisfied or or spouting off malicious critique. Rather, staying where you are, doing all that you can do, 
whether that's in your family, your workplace, your neighborhood. Obadiah is a resourceful man. And Obadiah has a unique relationship with Ahab. Obadiah is the palace administrator. And when it's time to go search for water for the animals, so they don't have to kill animals because the drought is severe, the drought is producing famine, and so in an economic sense, Ahab is about to have to liquidate some assets in a bad return on investment. He has to kill animals because there's not enough food and water to keep them alive. Ahab goes in one direction and Obadiah in the other. Obadiah is second in command. Obadiah is to Ahab what Joseph was to Pharaoh. He's a person of high standing. And Obadiah has done all that he can. And I wonder if he's wondering how long he can keep up hiding these hundred prophets. How long will this drought last? How long can he keep these people safe and hidden? How long can he keep providing water for a hundred people during a drought? And yet, he does. Until this moment with Elijah that evokes Obadiah's fear. I love his response. What have I done wrong? asked Obadiah that you're handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. Because in Obadiah's mind, to have to confront Ahab is certain death. And he's concerned that the Spirit of the Lord might move Elijah somewhere else, and then when Ahab comes looking, there will be no, there will be no Elijah, and Obadiah will be killed. But Elijah gives him this one piece of assurance. In verse 15, As the Lord Almighty lives... Whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. Obadiah is sent to give Ahab the news that if you're wrong about, we'll get you killed. And it is a slight but scary confrontation to have to have. And I love that Obadiah, after all of his hiding, after all of his cat and mouse games, goes to meet Ahab and he tells him, that Elijah is here. The word of the Lord moved in such a way that Obadiah was in place to protect a hundred people and kept them safe. And the word of the Lord moved in such a way that God didn't let Obadiah off the hook, that he didn't get to stay completely hidden, that he did have to go and face Ahab one-on-one -on -one and tell him that Elijah was there. The spirit of Obadiah gives strength and perseverance to stick it out even when times are hard, even when it would be easier to abandon, even when it would be easier to run away, even when it would be easier to find greener pastures somewhere else. The health of a church is found in the spirit of Obadiah, of those who choose to stay. Because whom alone do they fear? They fear the Lord and seek to serve him in utmost faithfulness wherever they are. The strength of the church is found in the Obadiah spirit that's willing to stay. And that goes deeper than if you like the pastors or not. That goes beyond if you like the style of worship or not or how much you can tolerate some occasional technical difficulties that we have. We're making it happen. It's all good. 
that goes beyond all of the circumstances, but to simply know that you are called to put down roots and to be in a place and to serve well and faithfully and to even stand up in the right ways when there are things that are wrong, but to be able to do so when moved by the word of the Lord, not out of malice or preference, not out of discontentedness or spite, but to seek the best and betterment of the places that you already are. The spirit of Obadiah is described also in Psalm 1. That person whose delight is in the law of the Lord, whom alone do they fear? The word of the Lord alone. That person is like a tree planted near streams of water whose leaf does not wither and who yields fruit in due season. Obadiah is one of those people. And his leaf, symbolically speaking, does not wither. He perseveres. He stays alongside of Ahab for all this time, three and a half years, and yields fruit in due season, that a hundred prophets of the Lord are kept alive, and that he has the courage to face Ahab when the moment comes. Next week is the showdown on Mount Carmel. It's the confrontation. It's the conflict. It is one of the most epic tales in the Old Testament. And it's filled with fire from heaven and people being slaughtered for unfaithfulness and all kinds of other details. But today, maybe we have our best lesson to learn for our climate of dissatisfaction, for the tensions even in our own nation. We have probably our best lesson to learn from Obadiah, who plants himself and stays right where he is. It was recently mentioned to me by a friend, the desire to see people in church be more than just collections of believers, but to be a church family. And that's something that many of us find here. Because maybe it's that spirit of Obadiah that we've stayed. We stick with it during good times and bad times, through things we love and things we don't care for, but we stay. And maybe an analogy that would be helpful is this. What if you got a gym membership and paid your dues and went to the gym once a week, but you didn't actually do anything? You just went and stayed, and then you left again. Now, I've never had a gym membership, so I can't speak from experience, but I'm guessing that's not effective. If you went to the gym but never lifted weights, never got on a treadmill, never did whatever other things of exercise you do in a gym, but rather the same way in the church. The spirit of Obadiah is like getting a gym membership and saying, this is where I'm going to be and to go and to seek the best of yourself and what you can give to the place that God has planted you for every day, week, month, and year that you are there. And because it's not our working that brings us strength, it is the Holy Spirit who gives us strength when we pursue the word of the Lord. When we seek not where else the word of the Lord might be, when we seek not something that would be more convenient for us in which ways to serve, but rather when we obey the word of the Lord where we are. How has God uniquely equipped you and called you to make the ministry of the word of the Lord flourish here? What are the conflicts you have to have and what are the things that we have to endure over time to see the word of the Lord to see God's Spirit moving at work 
in faithful and good ways. May the Spirit of the Lord strengthen and empower us to stand up to bullies, to persevere, to watch out for those who are vulnerable and in danger. May the Spirit of the Lord equip us and fan a flame in our hearts to make the best of wherever we are. No complaints, no excuses, simply a sense of calling and knowing that we do not fear loss of reputation, we do not fear loss of anything. For whom alone do we fear? We fear the word of the Lord. Our, our love for the Lord brings us reverence for him. Therefore, we will serve, for we only fear the Lord and no other. North Holland, may we be blessed with the spirit of Obadiah. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let's pray. God, we pray that you equip us, call us, and send us. Give our spirits peace in the moments where we have angst. Give us perseverance when we are weary and faint. Give us strength to follow through and give us a desire, an unquenchable desire to do your work and will wherever we find ourselves. May the word of the Lord move among us in such a way that we bring glory to your name and your name alone. And it is in that name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.